Hi, Kareem. Hi, um, my name is Aaron Ewing. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Sustainability Consultants Greener Matters. Uh, we're based here in London in the UK. Uh, yeah. Aaron, thank, thank yeah. you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm very privileged to be here with you all today. I'm very excited. So I need to ask you this question. You've got a background in media and digital transformation. What was the, what was that aha moment when you when you left that to focus on environmental sustainability? Well, interesting question. Thank you. And I wouldn't say it was so much of an aha moment. It was more of an aha moment uh, spread over quite a lengthy period of time. Um, ironically, I kind of knew that I would always end up in sustainability. I felt that it was in my blood for many years, but I just really didn't know how I would end up working in it. Um, I've been doing transformation and knew that there was a lot of crossover. So I was running quite a large digital uh, transformation project at Channel 4 here in the UK. And they, when they put the feelers out for um, anyone in the business to join their for Earth group, which was their uh, move towards sustainability. And uh, before I knew it, I was um, supporting on policy building, its implementation. So I got the first taste then. And then they asked me to stay on and oversee the whole program. And then unfortunately COVID hit. And then as an independent contractor, I found myself without a contract. So I took some time to figure some things out. Um, obviously everybody was affected by COVID. So um, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to get out of London and um, go into the countryside and look after a friend's house. So I was surrounded by nature for the first time in many years and I kind of connected back. Um, as they say, that happens naturally, which was beautiful. And um, so I just knew that that was the right time to take the risk, jump into this and launch Greener Matters. So I um, did that with my business partner, Tamara Patellan. And uh, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Wonderful. So let me ask you this. Why are companies these days interested in environmental sustainability? And if they're not, Aaron, should they be? Okay, yes, absolutely. So good question. But I would like to just kind of flip the word environmental sustainability and add a piece to that. But moving forward, let's just refer to as sustainability. It's important um, not to just say environmental sustainability. It's important to say socio-environmental sustainability when a business is thinking about this journey. Um, we say that because it's very difficult and it would be wrong to say to just focus on environment without people in society. Because really, without a healthy planet, um, without healthy people, you can't have a healthy planet. So you kind of have to look at this holistically and how can be a better business that meets the demands of both really. Um, so we're seeing a lot of companies interested in this because sustainable business is good business. And uh, their motiv motivating factors may vary, but um, we found a plethora of reasons, but really um, uh, here's some of the most common. So a lot want to identify their purpose to become a much more purpose-led business. And that's more on focus when we say a purpose-led business. We're talking about one that is ensuring that it stands for something over and above just profit. Um, so that's one. They realize it's just the right thing to do. It could be coming from internal demands from the owners, the board, employees, shareholders, and they say, do this. So that's a motivating factor. So they do it. Um, their competitors are doing it. Um, there's increased customer demand on sustainable products, so there's more money to be had. Um, there is that money is driving more investment. There's more innovation resulting in that, meaning more recognition. So I would say that's why, yeah, there's the interest is there. But we get 
you know, we find that we get asked the same question by a lot of clients um, who are looking to start the journey and they just don't know where to start. So I would say that it's quite important to put a little bit of context. Um, when business decision makers think about becoming a sustainable business, they think that they have to, from the outset, be 100% eco-friendly, i.e. eco-warriors, carbon negative, and a gold standard before they can get started. And that's just not the case. What we see is that a lot of businesses are looking at sustainability from the same competitive paradigm that we're viewing other business operations is very competitive, Darwinian capitalism, one has to win, someone has to lose, but we really say that that should not be the case. Um, if Yes, it can give you competitive advantage, but don't make it competitive. Uh, we don't feel that it's a, um, in fact, we actually advise businesses in the same space to work together in sustainability um, to drive best practices within the industry. So um, yeah, so I think in terms of the second part of that question, um, I'm a very firm believer, and this may sound controversial and counterintuitive to the sustainability movement, but I'm a firm believer in doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Um, the sustainability, I know that sounds slightly off for somebody who's making a little bit of a mission to help businesses convert into the new economy and uh, kind of helping people see the opportunity in that. But the challenge that we face in the sustainability industry is that it can be seen as quite pious and it can be a bit finger pointing and oh you're not doing this or you should be doing that when in reality and that off puts a lot of businesses so we want to just help them to see that it doesn't have to be that way so you know you can do it for making more money and all those reasons that i said where companies are currently interested in around getting new customers driving more revenue getting more investment being sustainable for those reasons is not a bad thing so I would also say that, uh, yeah, that, so there's um, definitely a positive spin on that because you can have two ways of thinking about it, right? You can have where some sustainability professionals will say, you have to do it because if you don't do it now, our planet's not going to exist. Everyone's going to die <laughs> and we, you know, we're going to burn where you can say that's actually, and that comes from a place of fear. And when you're coming from a place of fear, you will tend to default into something that responds to that. So if you're coming from a place of, hey, this is an opportunity, we can grow from this, we can learn from this, and viewing it that way is a much more, it's a more effective approach that we found. So, you know, it's a journey, so treat it that way. And every small, every large journey starts with one step. So, yeah. Excellent. This leaves me, I need to ask this question. Um, this leads me to um, companies that are looking to become B Corp certified. Um, you know, there, there has been talk in North America, uh, very recent, I think, uh, on companies that are, that are looking at this particular certification. However, I've seen in Europe, um, this, if we want to call it a trend, uh, has been going for quite some time, it seems. What I'm curious, what business value is derived from companies moving towards becoming B Corp certified? Well, there are a number of them. The same, really, the motivating factors that we spoke about a moment ago. But I mean, there's, let me break this down in my response into two parts. So there's the B Corp official benefits of becoming B Corp, which are excellent. And this is also comes from you know, other third-party assessments on sustainable businesses and not just B Corp. We have to remember that there are other third-party accreditations and certification. B Corp is the 
most widely recognized and probably the one that is, it's almost like VHS and beta. Remember that time when we said, what, what, which is going to go, for those who do remember that, is a format of, uh, of media consumption, <laughs> where it was like, is it going to be VHS or is it going to be beta? We're seeing that the, the t uptake so B Corp tends is seen as the VHS of the world, <laughs> for lack of a comparison. But um, we're seeing, uh, for example, here in the UK, um, B Corps have reported a 14% year-on-year revenue increase since 2015. Um, there's the positive brand and equity growth as well, which is, um, you know, sustainability is going mainstream. Um, and studies are showing that the UK consumer is becoming much more cautious with their money. So B Corp is recognizable. So, hey, I'll put my money there. Um, greater recruitment appeal. Younger generations are choosing to work with more purpose-driven businesses. And also those staff tend to stay with more sustainably responsible businesses. And B Corp's um, surveys and data is showing that people stay working for B Corps for longer. Um, there's also greater invest investor appeal. Um, there's also future-proofing your business. We're moving towards a more sustainable future, and business is the main driver between a lot of the problems that we're facing, so they can be the driving force to fix it. Um, yeah, so, but when I'm directly asked this question by clients, why should we go for B Corp, I will always put it back on you, on the business, say, what, what value do you want to derive? Because the question that every decision maker will make within the business when undertaking any project, albeit a new tech platform, um, hiring a new member of staff, um, even bringing on a new client, what value can we expect and how will we be able to calculate it? And that will always be the question that I would put back. Every journey is different and every business is different. So the value of calculate, the calculation of value is different. So I would say on kind of, there's two, two, kind of streams on that, your standard quantifiable metrics. So we want to increase customers, we want to increase revenue, we want to increase our ROI, we want to reduce an operational expenditure, or we want the feel good factor. So those kind of can split into two very key areas. And I'll revert back to my earlier point. It's okay to do the right things for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so I kind of, again, it's always, it, there's not one I don't have one answer for a business because I like to, it's every business is unique. That makes yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting some of the choices we've made uh, as companies, as businesses, as individuals over the past couple of years. Um, for the most part, uh, we have been working from home. We're utilizing tools uh, such as Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams, other video conferencing uh, software. Uh, we have been binging uh, all the shows we can uh, on places like uh, Netflix and Disney Plus and so on. Uh, and it boggled my mind. I, you know, a few weeks ago, I came across uh, a study or some articles, especially from Science Daily, that talked about these choices that we're making where we think, you know, we're staying at home, we're not utilizing the car, um, we are creating less of a carbon footprint. But a lot of this technology that we're using, especially in media, um, actually utilizes more carbon um, than other choices we can make. Um, you know, something as simple as um, high definition streaming versus regular streaming utilizes more carbon uh, or, or, or a, high, a higher carbon footprint, I should say. Uh, I even read somewhere, I don't know if it was from the same article, where even things like video creative 
versus a static image creative, there's actually a carbon footprint trade-off there as well. I, I want to ask you to put your media hat on as well for this question. What other choices are we making in media and how does this factor in to this whole idea of wanting to become more sustainable? Yeah, good, excellent. Um, that was thank you for sharing the article. I hadn't seen that, and what I really liked about it, it was it it was able to create an image to compare impact. And there's always good to have a reference point. So there was a number of things in there around the, the size of an iPad, how much land is used and water use. So yeah, it was very interesting. So um, I think again, it's it's important to kind of what I think from the media, your question, uh, what we can do in media. I like to split that into two groups and, and two parts of the uh, response. Um, because it's important for us to remember those who do work in media are also consuming that same media. So there's kind of two, you know, we're, we sit, we wear both hats, right? So, um, so when I say the first group, when we say, what can media businesses do? I'm looking at a collective around publishers, media owners, production houses, creative agencies. And I'll give you some examples on what I think that each, uh, we're, we're seeing some trends and what can actually have some positive impact. And then we'll look at the second group. So within this example that you've given, um, media business in this context can share the information with their customers and give them the power to make the decision, right? If you're saying high definition is streaming 86% more carbon than regular, that gives you the opportunity to make that choice to see if you want to choose the standard streaming but we don't have the point of this article also made is that companies are giving us that choice they're indirectly increasing our personal carbon footprint without our consent so it's almost in this particular example companies can give us that choice and let us know exactly what what our carbon impact would be um, i think media has is really in a unique position to be able to shift mindsets and influence behaviors they do that all the time right so i think there is a very right now there's a i don't know if you're familiar with it but there's a um a powerful concept called planet placement and that is through albert which is a division of bafta and albert really exists to bring television creative and the film industries together to respond positively to the climate emergency so giving them tips on how you can actually influence behaviors through planet placement as opposed to product placement so that's one way um so other ways in promoting sustainable um promoting sustainable lifestyles by cutting back on consumption you know the idea introducing the idea of reducing reusing recycling and you know we're seeing a great example of this here in the uk with um the purpose disruptors which is a group of agency professionals that came together um to um they brought the change the brief alliance so this is enabling agencies to respond to client briefs in a way that kind of promotes more sustainable values, attitudes, and behaviors in the, in their clients' audiences. Um, another way is that media agencies um, back in the uh, late noughties and early 2010s, you know, embrace data and technology as a core offering to their clients to add value. They can take that same ideology and apply it to um, sustainability, helping brands really see what their customers want through that data and embracing it as a core service of theirs. Um, I think this is, is to be could be a little bit controversial, but um, me, you know, having media hold big polluters accountable. We saw the Guardian um, earlier last year um, refuse all fossil fuel money from um, any big polluters. They're also a B Corp. Um, so that was quite significant and quite groundbreaking to say we are not going to take money from the likes of BP Shell anymore. And this could we could see a trend in that. And to say the bigger polluters, we're not going to allow you to, we, we're not going to take your money. Um, they could also ensure that there's not finger pointing, as I pointed out before, that 
sustainability can be a little bit, oh, I'm not doing the right thing. There's this personal guilt of, you know, we don't like to be told what to do. So I think that media plays a role into ensuring that we're not pointing the fingers and making us feel responsible for something that we're not actually responsible for. So there's a good example of this that may, a lot of people don't know, but the personal carbon footprint calculator was actually an initiative by BP to lead a, back in 2005, 2006 to live a low carbon life. Well, they continue to extract, and I'm not here to bash anyone or say anything negative about any brands. I'm just using this as an example to say that it's a good example of almost putting, we have eco-anxiety. Everyone's worried about their personal carbon footprint, but in reality, we're in a carbon lock-in. Everything that we do has some kind of carbon footprint. So it's kind of, it's an interesting thing. So media can do, has, has a role to play in that. But from the second group is customers, once we're armed with the information, what do we choose to do with it? So that that's really, I, I would say that, that what stops with us, right? <laughs> what do we feel is the choice that we would like to make and not shame one another for not making those decisions. We're all on our own personal sustainable journey. So I think we should be fair to each other on that as well. Give us the information though. That's what I would say. Aaron, thank you so much for enlightening us uh, on uh environmental sustainability and uh, the journey that uh, a lot of companies and people are, are on. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you very much, Prem. Appreciate it. Thank you. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.